Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from the bunkhouse at our training facility. It's a uh, frosty morning. I think we're down in the 20s. We've got some moisture this weekend over Thanksgiving and it's a beautiful sunny day and it's going to start warming up and I always like to oh, I it really doesn't matter where I do the podcast, I guess, but I I do enjoy coming down to the bunkhouse because the way the bunkhouse is set up, it's got such a positive vibe with, you know, motivational captions on the wall. And we got our little wall of fame where we have pictures of competitors and people that have stopped to visit and stay. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, you know, you have those places where you go that you just get to have a different feeling and uh, for me, the bunkhouse is one of them, and and I and I hope you have a place like that, and everybody should have a place like that. Just finished up Thanksgiving, and we just had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Got to have a lot of family here. You know, I always feel so blessed when we can gather as a group and you know enjoy that time together. I've got uh, as I've gotten to hang around longer, I'm better at reflecting on all of the blessings I have and all the things I have to be thankful for. And, uh, you know, I just, I just couldn't have a better, better family. I mean, and my extended family and, you know, our, you know, my son and daughter, Hannah and her husband, Aaron and his family and Wade and Gentry and her family. And I mean, we just, we just couldn't have asked for, better families to have an association with and to be with and you know and so it's at this time of year I always try to remind myself and I try to remind myself every day but really be thankful every morning every day for the blessings and it's so easy it's so easy to focus on what we don't have or what we wish would have happened or this that and the other thing and you know it's it's still there are still things with my career that ended over 20 years ago, you know, that I still think back on and wish something had been different or this and that. And I catch myself going to those thoughts, but I've gotten a lot better about changing my focus and immediately switching my thought process to something I'm thankful for. Something else, and before we get to the question of the day, the horsemanship question, something else I'm so thankful for is my team. I just have an outstanding team that helps us. And, you know, I've I've worked my butt off on the horsemanship side of it. I've I've given my life to it. I've worked at it since I was a little kid, and I still work at it every day. So that part of it, I feel like I've done my part. But as far as, you know, marketing, event planning, promotion, you know, doing the things that we need to do to 
continue to be successful and grow, I've had a lot of, lot of help. Just like with this podcast. I mean, and I've, you've heard me talk about this before, but 100% of the podcast starting was due to Hannah, my daughter, you know, telling me this is something I needed to do. And, and I have a tremendous respect for Hannah's opinion. That doesn't mean we always agree on every, everything. We're, we're just as tight as a, I think we're just as tight as a father and daughter can be, but that does not mean we always agree on everything. And there, <laughs> there, are, there are times that I question what she thinks and she could, there's a whole bunch of times she questions what I think, but you know, I have to give her 100% of the, of the credit for the podcast. Cause it's been, I don't know that it's been a huge success. I mean, I think it has been, we have, great group of followers and listeners, but it's been very rewarding for me to give back and to share. Going into it, I had no idea sharing the experiences that you go through in just a normal everyday life slash activity progression in your in your growth as a trainer or in whatever you're doing. I, I never realized that just sharing the day-to-day challenges, victories, failures, how much that would resonate with people. Because really and truly for me, I, I, I look at it like, man, this ain't very exciting and nobody's going to listen to this. And I don't, I don't know why anybody would be, you know, addicted to listening to this podcast every, every week. But, but thankfully, we have people that are just loyal listeners and we just, uh, and I know you may be one of those and, and I just can't thank you enough because I'm trying to share real life experiences that you go through in this industry from a very, you know, from somebody with very, very average ability that just developed some skills that helped, that helped him survive and progress and continue to grow and and that's the key is understanding it's all about developing those skills and you know so the podcast i think it's as rewarding for me if not more just like today we have a question from one of our listeners and i'm going to address that in just a second but i'm just thankful for you for you listeners and I'm thanking you because it gives me so much self-satisfaction when I get the feedback that we do. Because, I mean, I don't know in 200 and some episodes if, I mean, if we've gotten any negative feedback, it had been minimal, if any. And, you know, I maybe maybe today's, you know, maybe today's the day. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it didn't. If we did, it wouldn't bother me much anyway, because I'm going to focus on the 99% that are getting something out of it, not the 1% that, you know, wants to have a, wants to have a negative comment. So, and that, that's something that I just talked about a little bit ago, being thankful for what we have every day. The biggest part of that is understanding that when 
we have those moments where we wish things had been different. We wish we'd have said something different. We wish we would have done something different. Understanding those are in the past. Move forward. Focus on what we can do today. Get better today. Like today, the sun's out. It's a beautiful day. Great opportunities today. Great opportunities. So, you know, going back to my team, Stacy Smith, my marketing and event director is an unbelievable talent and she has developed some skills that are just rock solid and you know between her and hannah hannah has her own marketing business her and her husband and they have a a well-established business and she is a great resource and Stacy is my full-time marketing and event director. And between those two, I just could not have better consultation on things that we're working on. And I have people that I can bounce ideas off of and they'll give me, they'll tell me the truth. There's, there's sometimes that I think I have a great idea and Stacy will give me her side of it or Hannah will give me her side of it or Bridget as well. And it doesn't agree with what I'm thinking. And, you know, but I have enough respect for all of them that I'll take a step back and think, okay, I need to think about this, not just be, because, you know, as I've told you, my, my biggest talent is being stubborn. I just, I just don't have a lot of quit in me. I might fail a lot, but I just won't quit. And, you know, so I, I'm just, I'm so thankful for their honesty. And, and basically, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes we need to hear blunt honesty. I mean, when somebody's brutally honest with you, they're doing it because they care. And here's the thing. It's just like when Stacy tells me something that maybe I've got a little bit different viewpoint on. I always have to remind myself she's vested in this business. I mean, if our business doesn't survive, her position doesn't survive. And so when people that are on your team are giving you that input or my my wife is giving me that input, it's in our best interest, not their best interest. You know, and and Hannah she she's Stacy will give it to me. Um, she'll give it to me with a little bit more sugar coating than Hannah will. <laughs> Hannah being being my daughter, they might both tell me the same thing, but Hannah'll be <laughs> real brutal sometimes. She'll be she'll tell me the truth in about three words, um, and Stacy'll do the same. But she'll, you know, she'll uh, she'll make it a little easier on me. But, you know, I'm so thankful for that, that I have that. Now, I've just got an outstanding, i just got an outstanding team. And I've had an outstanding team through the years that have helped me. Sloan Smith, Stacy's husband, worked for me for three years, did an outstanding job for me. It's fun to watch his progression and where he's going with his business. I've had, I've had numerous people like that. Well, I say numerous, really and truly, 
when I go back to assistant trainers over the last 30 years, I mean, it's a, it's a handful or maybe a little more than that, but there hadn't been a ton of them that, that have really went on with it and continued to grow this business will, this business is a challenging business. Anybody that thinks they're going to ride horses every day and people are just going to pay them sacks of money for doing it, they're miss, they're living in la la land. You're you're going to earn every single penny you make. But at the same time, if it's a labor of love, if it's a passion, you'll make it work. You'll figure it out. You know, you can't be afraid to take that risk. So, you know, to start with today, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Just a time of year where where I am, number one, my schedule has slowed down a little bit. I did my last public clinic for the year in Andalusia, Alabama, and I'm going to do a, I'm going to do another podcast on it. Finished it up the weekend before Thanksgiving. And it was just a wonderful experience. Great group of people. Great, great place. Andalusia, Alabama is like a Hallmark town. And they've got a, they've got a square, you know, kind of a city square, I guess is what they'd call it, that is decorated for Christmas. And I bet they have a tree. I don't know. That tree looked to me like it was, like I got a picture next to it. And I look like an ant. And that tree's got to be 200 foot tall. And the town was just so well kept. And you could just see the pride of ownership. And I, it was just a wonderful experience. Big Mike Steakhouse, great steakhouse there. Had a steak there one night. So it, it was, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another, I'll do a whole episode on, on that clinic and get some things caught up. But today, let me read this question. And this is from Shelly. So the question is, and I'm just going to read it to you. And it says, I know that controlling speed is vital, but I would like to see an episode addressing developing top speed back into a barrel horse that is cheating you between the barrels. I have a couple that I have built good rate and feel into for good collection in turns, but it seems I could never get that top speed between the barrels from one that's never been on the track. It's almost as if the horse is always always being too careful or too sensitive. Thanks. Well, most people, most horses, because they are a flight animal, the big challenge is bringing them back meaning having some rate, having some stop, having some turn. And so in this case, and I actually dealt with this, and I'll talk about this more when I do the episode on the Andalusia Clinic, but I I dealt with this with one of our trainers at that clinic, and her horse is turning a really nice, running a really nice pattern, but not running much in between. And basically what happens is horses, that anticipation overrides their listening. See, I always say that I need a horse to listen, not anticipate. 
And part of listening is understanding that when my legs are against their rib cage, they need to pick them up, set them down, and get them moving. That's why the second exercise in my foundation exercises, my level one foundation horsemanship exercises is ask your horse to move out smoothly, meaning when I lay my leg on my horse's rib cage, that needs to mean pick your feet up, set them down, let's get rolling. So in this case, in Shelly's case, one thing, and of course, take into account, I have not seen a video, I have not seen a run. I The only information I have is what I just read to you. So I'm a little bit blind here, but I'm picturing what's happening. So the first thing I would do is in my exercises, in my foundation exercises, I would really, really, really be aware of any time I rate, stop, or turn, does my horse start to get front endy? And do they start to get sticky in that front end and sticky footed? Because when they get sticky footed, you're immediately going to start losing momentum. It doesn't mean they're jabbing their front end in the ground. It just means they're starting to get a little sticky on that front end. Those feet aren't moving freely. See, in any exercise, the reason I do the exercises that I do is because I want my horse, number one, to understand my feel of when I need them to let up a little bit, but also they need to understand my feel when I'm saying, when it's time to go, it's time to go. And when I ask one to go, it is not a suggestion. It is a request that has no negotiation. I'm not just saying, hey, you know, what do you think about going a little faster? When I lay my leg on them, they better pick them up, set them down, and roll. Because if not, here's what happens. If not, every time you do, it starts to become a negotiation, and they're going to their horse is only going to do what they know is expected of them. And the horses are chameleons and they're very smart. You know, they're very smart. And so when we show them something, we're, we're teaching them to listen to our cues. But then what happens with anticipation is they start to anticipate the cue not listen for the cue, they start to anticipate the cue. When they start to anticipate the cue, then you're losing your forward motion, then you're losing your speed. So one of the first things I would do in this case is I would get off the pattern and I would do some drills to where I may even have like our six barrel drill or our rib cage drill and and I know I can't go into explaining those completely. I mean, I'm just going to just understand that these are drills that we do. And what I would do in some of those drills is make sure that when I ask with the slightest amount of contact with my legs, that horse has to get moving and if they don't get moving i'm going to i'm going to abort 
the exercise I'm doing and I'm just going to get their feet moving. I mean, you might see me just bring my rein across their hip and breeze them halfway across the arena or all the way to the end of the arena. But I'm going to, I'm going to work on that communication to where when I ask, they need to respond instantly because see if to get your horse to run, you got to go to the whip. They're not listening to your legs. 100%. If you got to go to the whip, they're not listening to your legs. And I'm not saying don't ever go to the over or under or your bat. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, I get it. It's a timed event, timed in the hundredths. So we got to get all we can get. But if that's our only resource to get a horse to run, we need to back up and we need to get that horse back listening to our legs. Because here's the thing. Some horses are just really good at anticipating cues which part of that we like, but then part of that when we when they listen to our cues too good and the turns are really, really are real good, but we have no momentum. Well, without momentum, you can't shut the clock off. Now it's the same way, it's the same way in the rope, and, and I'll talk about that for just a little bit. You know, in the roping, it's just like in the breakaway roping. You see this all, I've seen this all summer long. As the summer goes on, you know, you've seen horses that say you watch them at San Antonio or Fort Worth, and then you see them at Ellensburg, or you see them at uh, the cinch finals in Sioux Falls, or, you know, later in the year. Well, them horses, some of them have gotten tight. Well, the reason is they're they're anticipating, they're anticipating that that cue from that roper. You know, in the roping, you know, I'll use Hannah's horse Annie, who's the best breakaway horse we've ever had, probably the best rope horse I ever swung a leg over. I mean, we started hauling her when she was a four-year-old, and she's twenty one i believe this year and and she could still go but i believe she's going to be retired this year and hannah has won a lot of go rounds she's won a lot of ropings on that horse and in the practice pen we didn't practice anything but one and two three two swing throws but what we did a lot of was we would rope and squeeze her up out of her stop to where she was listening to her legs, our legs. So, and, and it got to where anytime Hannah was practicing and she felt Annie get sticky on that front end and check off a little bit, she'd squeeze her forward. Well, through repetitions, it got to where, you know, Annie would always listen to her legs. Well, and we always talked about riding through your throw, meaning continue to ride. Don't, it's real easy when our minds start thinking about something else like roping that our legs become paralyzed. Well, here's what happens in the barrel racing. Sometimes we're thinking about that turn or thinking about our spot or thinking about who knows what, and all of a sudden our legs aren't doing anything. You know, one of the things that we have to remember that if our legs aren't moving, you know, if my legs are against them, their legs should be moving. If I'm not helping them, well, 
and they and if their feet if my legs aren't doing anything and their legs aren't doing anything well that's on me that's on me you know one thing one exercise that i really love as far as horses that are anticipating you know too much rate or anticipating the turn which any horse that's got too much rate is doing that because they're anticipating the turn well i love the drill where we counter arc off the barrel into a figure eight and come back to the barrel this is a drill that i learned from ashley schaefer and it's an excellent excellent drill to where you keep your horse listening instead of anticipating you got to remember you know and and i'm going to repeat it again you don't need your horse to anticipate you need your horse to listen and if they're listening and we're off with our cues well that's on us you know we just have to live with that but if they're anticipating and they're slowing down or they're rating before we want them to rate that's on us that's just that's just our communication we have not addressed that in a way that helped them understand that hey you need to until i ask you need to give me your guts well for me in that situation too that shelly's talking about it would not be I would not have any problem with riding across there to my spot and then just just riding off the other direction and keeping my horse running and keeping my horse listening to me and thinking because I've got to keep them listening. We used to call it, you know, keep them guessing. Well, I, I really don't want my horse to be guessing. I want them to be listening. I don't want them unsure about what I'm asking I want them listening and if my legs are against them and I haven't asked them to quit running and I haven't asked them to get ready to rate and turn they shouldn't plain and simple they shouldn't now one thing that Shelly said on here was she's horses that aren't off the track she you know she can't get one to or hasn't had success with one that's not off the track running across the pen i don't i don't really you know horses off the track obviously are all run no whoa so yeah they'll run but i've seen this happen in in horses that come from you know various backgrounds so i don't i don't know i wouldn't worry about i wouldn't I guess what I'm getting at, don't feel like you got to get a horse off the track if you're going to have one run across the pen because there's going to be 15 horses in December at the National Finals Rodeo, and I believe very few of them, if any, are off the track. So and those are the best in the world, and they're going to run across the pen in a small pattern in a very compact environment and you take horses like Sister, Rollo, um, Brittany, Posey's horses, um, they're going to be hauling it across that pen for 10 rounds in a row. Uh, Emily Miller, Emily's going to, I mean, she has got an arsenal of horses. It's going to be, it's going to be good watching. And so I don't think you, 
have to have a horse off the track to get them to run across the pen. Um, but I understand what Shelly's saying when she makes that comment. You know, those horses know, know run first and, and rate and turn second. But the biggest thing is backing up, getting that horse to listen to your legs. I mean, the thing is, the first thing that's going to happen when you ask a horse to run is there's going to be a change in your legs. And that is the signal that needs to matter. Like I said, if we always have to go to the whip or the bat, we've missed, we've got a little disconnect in there with our horse listening to our legs. So that's a great question. And Shelly, thanks for sending that. I hope it, I hope that helps. Um, I've got to wrap this up, but uh, here again, I want to thank all our listeners. It's been a great year. We appreciate you so much. Have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, today and every day, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhavenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.